Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Monday, February 8th, 2021. Well, 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 how the tables have turned. That's what I think when I read the end of Acts chapter 12. When we start Acts chapter 12, remember King Herod kills the apostle James, and then he throws Peter in jail. And as we wrapped up last week, we saw Peter get miraculously freed from prison. But then what transpires after that, we see Herod as a king go from the one that seemed completely in control of the situation to the one that is ultimately dying because he does not honor God. So we see quite a turn of the tables here in Acts chapter 12. Let's look at some of the story. We pick it up today in verse 12 when Peter realizes that he has actually miraculously been set free. And he goes to where he knows that they are praying for him. And this poor servant girl named Rhoda gets so excited hearing Peter's voice that she runs inside and leaves Peter standing at the gate. And at first people don't believe her, but Then they go and they let Peter in and they are amazed at what God has done. And he goes away and and Herod obviously is upset. They search for him and he puts the the guards to death. Um, But Peter goes away. And now it shifts now to talk to us more about King Herod and to tell us more about what's going on with him. And it tells us a story of how some peace had been made between some of the people in Tyre and Sidon and him. And there's this ceremony honoring Herod, it looks like. And people are crying out the voice of a God and not of a man that Herod is kind of in the peak of his glory right now. But in that moment, it says immediately an angel of the Lord struck him down because he did not give God the glory and he was eaten by worms and breathed his last. So, wow, this chapter starts with King Herod completely in control, uh, trying to kill the apostles. And it ends with him being struck down by God and eaten by worms. Wow. Uh, That is quite a difference. Uh, That's not what you expected to happen when King Herod seemed to have so much power at the beginning. And then right after that, when it talks about King Herod breathing his last, the very next verse says, but the word of God increased and multiplied that nothing Herod could do could stop the word of God. And so that's helpful for us to think about that there is no king right now today in our country, at least just going around killing Christians. But we do realize there are Christians being persecuted all over the world. We look at our own culture and see our society just headed on a path towards more persecution for Christians. And as we think about that, we we realize that there are moments in this life where it's going to look like the Christians are losing and it's going to look like those who hate God those who are opposed to the gospel are winning. Well, just give it a minute and we will see those tables turn ultimately when Christ returns. But many times before then, and even we see this through Christians that have been persecuted all throughout the ages, that many times their persecutors, they end up meeting their end while the word of God increases and multiplies. 
And so let's be confident in the power of God. Let's not be afraid of any of the powers of this world. And let's be devoted to the mission that he has given us. And let us anticipate with eagerness that no matter what goes on in this world, and no matter how the the church is persecuted or people attempt to persecute the church, the word of God will increase and multiply. You can't stop the gospel. And that's ultimately because they're all the kings of this earth, right? Uh, they're not the ones that are really in control. We worship the king of kings. And even as we think about a king, uh, let's go back to Psalm 21 today. And we look again at this royal psalm and we see uh, David talking about what God does with the king. But today, again, there's kind of this uh, tables turning moment where David is calling out for help and God helps him and God helps the king. In verse eight, we look at Psalm 21 verses eight through 13 today. In verse eight, it says, your hand will find out all your enemies. Your right hand will find out those who hate you. You will make them as a blazing oven when you appear. The Lord will swallow them up in his wrath and fire will consume them. And even that, even as we see David kind of being a king and uh, judging in righteousness here, we're reminded really of our king and how he is going to return and he will swallow them up in his wrath and fire will consume those that uh, oppose the Lord. So we should be reminded of who our king is. We should be reminded of what our king is going to do. And I hope that encourages us to stay devoted to our king right now in this life. That that we want to keep following him. We want to keep serving him. And and we're not going to be intimidated by anything that the world does. But even as we think about God being a king, one thing we're reminded of in scripture is that God is more than our king. Because if God was only our king, we would actually be in big trouble uh, because we would be on the wrong side of that battle with the king. But thankfully, our God is not just a king or our savior. Jesus is not just a king. He is a priest. He is the great high priest. And let's think about that a little bit as we look at Exodus today, Exodus 26 through 28. Now, Exodus 26 is all about the construction of the tabernacle and all the different pieces. And honestly, as a pastor of a mobile church where we're setting up things every day, some of it, I was like, hey, this this sounds like us with the trailer and setting everything up and putting up the curtains and putting up the stage and doing all these different things. Uh, well, obviously, the tabernacle is, is so much more than that. This was a place where, where God was choosing to have some of his visible glory dwell with the people of Israel, and we see how it was set up. We see how it was constructed. We see in chapter 27 the, the courtyard that this was to be a holy and special place. But in chapter 28, it even talks about what the priest wears, and, and it talks about the, the different things that he has. And I, I want us to be grateful for some of these things and how they really show us Jesus. And then think about how we should emulate these things. One thing that we see is that the high priest on his chest had these different precious stones that were all meant to represent one of the tribes of Israel. And these were to be on his chest, on his heart. In verse 30, it says, thus Aaron shall bear the judgment of the people of Israel on his heart before the Lord regularly. That all the different tribes were right there on the high priest's heart. And that reminds me of Jesus and just the picture of us really being written on the heart of our Savior. 
that he cared about us and what a thing we should be thankful for, for that. It talks about the the Urim and the Thummim here in this chapter. And if you're wondering what that is, that's a great question. And honestly, the answer is nobody knows for sure what exactly these things were. Uh, What we can tell is that it was something maybe akin to the casting of lots. It was something that they used uh, through really kind of the inspiration of God. And the, the, the high priest would use this to... Uh, make decisions, right? And to decide the Urim and the Thummim would would help. Again, maybe it seems like in some way, maybe similar to casting lots, but what exactly these things were, how exactly it worked, uh, nobody really knows. So keep that on your list of questions uh, for when you get to heaven and the, the things that you want to know. But the other thing that we see about the high priest here is not only what he had on his heart, but something that he had engraved on his head, that, that on his plate, On his head, there was a plate of pure gold and engraved on it was a signet that said, holy to the Lord. And again, we should be thankful to our high priest, Jesus Christ, for his holiness, that he lived the perfect and righteous and holy life that none of us could live. And we want to be thankful for that. And we want to emulate these things, right? We should be thankful that our Savior was holy, that we were on his heart, that he was not only the high priest, but he was also the sacrifice for us. But then we should think, even the Bible calls the people that God has saved, you know, we are priests, a royal priesthood. We should consider our our God's people on our heart. And could the engraving on our head really say, holy to the Lord? So even here from going through what many people think are dry parts of the book of Exodus, I think there's a lot that God wants us to learn. And I think we should even look at Jesus based on what we see today, but also we should examine ourselves and ask God for help to have his people on our hearts and that we would truly be holy and set apart to the Lord. Finally, we look at Matthew chapter 12, verses 33 to 42. And here again, we're reminded of of the king and that judgment is coming. In verse 36, it says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. And if you just think because of that, well, wow, I better watch my mouth. I mean, there's more to it than that. Because one thing this passage makes clear even is that just simple behavior modification does not work. The reason we sin, the reason a tree bears bad fruit is because the tree is bad. Good trees bear good fruit. So you don't need to just watch your mouth. You need to be a good tree. Well, how can you do that? The only way you can do that is through this high priest Jesus Christ, who then this sign of Jonah, then predicting his resurrection, a great high priest who not only died for us, but rose again. And even as we think about Jesus, our priest, and we think about what he is going to do, I'm reminded of what we sang yesterday at our church, where we said, before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. My name is graven on his hand. My name is written on his heart. I know that while in heaven he stands, uh, no tongue can bid me thence depart. And may we be thankful for our great Savior, Jesus Christ, today. May we seek to 
emulate him. And may we know today, no matter who it seems like is in authority in this world, Jesus is the king and Jesus is coming back. And may that day come soon. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.